Tom Sumner program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? You lucky team, Mr. Sam. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. And welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is a uh, board-certified cancer specialist who has been in the private practice of uh, radiation oncology for over 34 years. Uh, He's also an entrepreneur and now the writer of a screenplay that is uh, winning awards all over the planet and uh, he's here by phone we're going to talk about that screenplay and uh, probably a lot of other things with my my guest uh, Dr. Kevin Shuey. Kevin welcome to the show. Hey Tom it's great to be with you today. And I think, actually, we could say uh, it's it's good to have you back. I, I think the last time we were talking about uh, about oncology and radiation, but very possible. That's right. I, I like I said when we when I called in this morning. I believe this is our second time together. So I remember we had we we had fun. Whatever we did. <laughs> well, how did you end up? I, I mean. All of your background, I, I was looking through <laughs> through your bio, and I was like, where does this say I'm going to write an award-winning screenplay? Well, you know, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's even a surprise to me. I was, we were talking before we went on the air, and um, this uh, Bad Love Tiger screenplay is based on my second uh, novel by the same name, Bad Love Tigers, and um, finished writing this screenplay in uh, late February. I live in Jasper, Indiana now, and I'm uh, medical director of radiation oncology at the Langfuse uh, Cancer Center here. So I'm a cancer doctor by day and a, a writer by night, but um, it's a it's a beautiful community here, and um, I, I ride at night and on the weekends. And we had a major snow and ice storm here in southern Indiana in late February. I had where the clinic was literally shut down for Thursday, Friday. I had a four-day unannounced weekend, and I finished writing the Bad Love Tiger screenplay during that storm. And now that that very screenplay is just it's taking the world by storm. Um, as of um, the early this morning, it has now won its 109th international award, and it's it's won it's literally it's won all over the world. It's it's won in Eastern Europe and 
in France and Italy and Spain and South America and Canada. It's one in Los Angeles and New York and uh, Hong Kong. I mean, it's just, um, it's a global phenomenon, uh, Tom, and um, it's taken me by surprise. Ke uh, Kevin, you know, you mentioned that this is based on, on your novel um, by the same title, Bad Love Tigers, uh, which is part of a series, the Bad Love Book series, uh, right. which are young adult sci-fi adventures. Um, <laughs> you say young adult from from ages ten to a hundred, um, but 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 it also um, you know looks at at twentieth century history and the the story here has uh, a group of kids. It's let's see, I, I read a great description of this uh, of this treatment. It is a feel-good action-adventure sci-fi blend of Stand By Me meets Raiders of the Lost Ark or Back to the Future meets Goonies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that getting all the pop movies in there. But let me, let me ask you this, Kevin. If someone else had written the screenplay based on your novel, do you think it would be getting the same kind of rave reviews, or or do you think by writing it yourself, you treated it a little better? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, that's a that's actually a really tough question because there are some amazing uh, screenwriters in Hollywood, and oh, sure. I don't pretend. I don't pretend to even come close to uh, the talent of some of those. I mean, I'm a novice, really, and I teach myself I, my, writing the books. I've written four books in 24 months. I mean, I never even, I think, you know, it's just been a, a, a literal uh, act of inspiration. I think I was really inspired to do this series. And my dream, uh, Tom, is to see this uh, series make it to the big screen. And um, one thing I'll tell you to answer your question there is that I definitely stuck to the book. And um, it's, it is an accurate, um, you know, when you do a screenplay, the book is 340 pages long, Bad Love Tigers. And the screenplay is 95 pages, so it's a you figure a minute of screen time for each page. So this is about an hour and a half to an hour and 40 minute movie if it if it goes the way it's written. And um, and so I can tell you that it follows the book. If you read the book and you watch and, and you see this movie, you're gonna be like, oh yeah. That's just like being—that's like being inside the book, and so I think that's the part about me writing the screenplay that um, that I would tell the audience that it it stays true. It's you know, very Kevin, true to the book. Most of the time, when uh, a, a film is made based on a novel, the uh, production company um, will. Op, what they call option the book they'll say we've got the rights to make a movie out of this book mm -hmm. and then 
they get someone to write the, the screenplay. Sometimes it's the author, but most times it's not. How would you feel if a, if a company came along and said, hey, we want to option your book, uh, Bad Love Tigers, but we've got somebody we're going to have write the screenplay? Well, I would... Um I'd have to take a serious uh, look at the deal, right? I mean, um, my goal here is to get my books, get my book series onto the big screen. And what I've been able to do, um, you know, I feel like, golly, Tom, I feel like this is like an act of God that this thing has won over 100 international awards. I mean, it won at the Cannes Film Festival. It it won Best Original Story at the at the Cannes Festival, and here I am. You know, I'm a cancer doctor writing <laughs> about <laughs> about a group of teenagers uh, who become time travelers, and um, and they pretty much uh, learn how to, you know. Us adults, we sure can't figure out how to how to solve the world's problems. I mean, all you have to do is watch the nightly news, and you realize we don't have it figured out. But boy, these teenagers get it figured out. Well, <laughs> how to solve the world's problems? It, it's it's a, a known fact that teenagers always know everything. <laughs> <laughs> I know I did when I was a teenager. So did I, and I mean, I think to, I think today's teenagers are probably watching the news at night and shaking their heads, and they'll be like, "What the heck is wrong with this picture?" Well, let's 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 talk about timing for a minute because we've been, you know, in a this this pandemic situation for better than two years, and uh, um, a lot of people have been uh, under quarantine. Is it is it a matter of timing, maybe? I mean, these are great stories, and I love time travel, regardless of who's doing the time traveling. Um, but is is it maybe just the right time to come out with with a story like this, and and maybe have some other people been a little bit silenced by the pandemic? Yeah, I think uh, you've really um, hit the nail on the head there because... Um, and not to and, take any way, anything away from a great book or a great no, treatment and a great no, story. I, but, you know, let me tell you a little story because I, I tell my patients uh, this story. You know, when, I, when, you, when you go to... When you become a doctor, you know, you go to pre-med for four years, and then you go to med school for four years, and then you go to residency and fellowship for four to five years. And then, so it's 12 years after high school if you go straight through, maybe 13 years after high school before you actually get a real job. And so um, I bought a boat after I got out of uh, residency, and I finally got my first job in private practice, and I named it At Last. <laughs> and so it was a you know it was a ski boat, but I I love boating, and so um, I I kind of tease with my patients now that uh, the next time I buy a boat, I'm gonna I'm gonna name it Perfect Timing. So to the <laughs> so to the 
to the audience out there, don't be stealing the name of my next boat. <laughs> no, if I if I ever was lucky enough to get and have a boat, I'd I'd probably have to name mine Dead Last. Um. <laughs> So um, I do think that I, I think this is perfect timing, Tom. I love your question, and um, sorry for the little divergence there. No, but, no. You know, um, I, we're coming out of this pandemic. Um, we're we're kind of staring at uh, inflation or maybe recession, and uh, there's just you know there's a plethora. We, Russia invading Ukraine. I mean, there's a lot of bad news out there, and this. Uh, book series and hopefully uh, movie series is a is totally a feel good experience. I mean, um, there's 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 a good mix of um, of drama and action and and it's a thriller. Um, but at the end of the day, these uh, teenagers come out ahead, and they're a ragtag group of of kids, and they come together um, and and uh and and succeed and there's great music from the 60s and 70s with this and um kind of like guardians of the galaxy i mean i remember when i saw that for the first time just the music with the opening credits i'm like i was hooked (laughs) (laughs) well and the thing is about this about this story how can you go wrong um with a gang of teens from oak ridge tennessee um, you know, going back in time to that. Now I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, bad love strikes, but the, this whole series, the, the whole idea of these kids going back in time, you know, on a mission from FDR. Yeah. Well, let me, if, if it's okay, just let me give a, you know, an elevator pitch or a synopsis. Cause a lot of people listening to this show may not really know the underlying theme of of this whole thing is would that be okay for yeah me to... what i'd like to do is save that for right after the break we got a break coming okay. up in about a minute and a half and i'd rather okay. have you do the uh, stuck in an elevator pitch <laughs> 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 I haven't heard it that way but i can do it whichever way you want me to <laughs> no we can we can you know we can spend some time with it um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I think, I think we did talk about one of your books the last time because we were talking about time travel and I am a time travel addict. You know, anything I can find that, that centers around time travel, I'm, I'm all in. And there was a TV show I came across a while back and I don't know if you've ever seen it. If you haven't, try and track it down called Early Edition. Haven't seen it, but go ahead. And the, you'll love the premise. The premise is a guy gets up every morning, picks up his daily paper, which is left outside his apartment door, and uh-huh. it's tomorrow's paper. And so he sure. sees things that are going to happen today Wow! that he can maybe 
act on and prevent if they're you know bad outcomes and uh-huh. it's 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 just a real interesting take and i and i finally i had lost track of it because i couldn't remember the title and i tracked it down just recently and and mm. started watching it again it's a fun idea for a show but we're going to hear about your ideas about time travel after we take a short break let our broadcast partner squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break if you're streaming us we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click Hello, that Hello, darling. Mouse. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Bye from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annanick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. Hey, Tom. This is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. 
Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, file a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it, you're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we continue our conversation with uh, the author of an award-winning screenplay uh, called Bad Love Tiger or Tigers, and um, he, he is a board-certified cancer specialist, but uh, also a very successful uh, novelist with a series, uh, the Bad Love series. And this uh, this screenplay is winning awards all over the all over the world. And his name is Kevin Shuey. He joins me by phone. Kevin, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. And sorry to make you sit through all that. Hey, it was fun uh, listening to uh, some of those guys talk about uh, their interviewing with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me uh, pick up where we left off. Just before the break, you were going to give sort of a synopsis. I, I don't know if you want to do the 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 over arc of the of the whole series and and then uh, uh, tell us uh, about this particular. Um, adventure that's uh, featured in the screenplay or or how you want to do that but um take it away yeah so um thanks for the opportunity because i you know i think the listeners with the show today being a you know being a two-part show they might not really be familiar with the series so um basically uh it's this it's this uh, uh, bad love gang is what my uh, boyhood uh, gang, we, we called ourselves the bad love gang since we were knee high to puddle ducks. And, and I grew up in this uh, St. Louis County neighborhood called Bell Fountain Neighbors. And it was, uh, you know, um, it, my dad was a, he was a sergeant uh, under uh, MacArthur in the Philippines in World War II. So this was, this was the baby boomer neighborhood. And uh, so all the GIs are coming back from World War II and having kids. And um, I grew up in this uh, this kind of uh, lower middle class neighborhood. And, you know, if you didn't, um, well, in those days, uh, uh, Tom, you know, you didn't have cell phones and video games and computers. And if you didn't go outside and play with your friends, you were one lonely kid. And so... Um, Anyway, it's it's that background of growing up in those those days where we had our gang of kids and we all had nicknames for each other, and we were brutal with our assignment of nicknames. Anyway, my nickname was <laughs> <laughs> my nickname was Bubble Butt and our, our BB, and and Bubble Butt is the narrator of the Bad Love book series. So here's the premise uh, for the audience. So. Um, in, in World War II, in June of 1942, President Roosevelt initiated the Manhattan Project. And so the Manhattan Project was the project for, to, for the USA 
to build the world's first atomic bomb. And um, we were worried uh, that Hitler was going to get the bomb first. I, I, Albert Einstein sent a letter. to. He was a friend of Roosevelt's, and they were acquaintances, and he sent a letter warning that the Germans were working on an atomic bomb. And so um, Roosevelt initiates the Manhattan Project in June of 42. And here's where the, the science fiction or the fictional part of it starts. In October of 92, or of, of, I'm sorry, in October of 1942, um, Roosevelt invites Einstein to the White House for dinner um, with his trusted uh, scientific advisor, Vannevar Bush. And the three of them sit down, and Roosevelt looks Einstein in the eyes and says, Albert, we need a backup plan to the Manhattan Project in the event that Hitler gets the atomic bomb first. And so that, that's the core of the premise of the Bad Love book series is uh, that we needed a backup plan to the Manhattan Project, and he commissions... Einstein to build a usable time travel machine called the Whitehall Project. And at that time, um, the uh, uh, Oak Ridge, Tennessee was basically coming up out of the ground as the, the, one of the, the cornerstones of the Manhattan Project. So Oak Ridge, Tennessee was the, um, it was the secret city. It was a city behind a fence. And the largest building under one roof was built there in the whole world, a K-25 plant to process plutonium for the world's first atomic bomb. And so Roosevelt tells Einstein, we're going to build this time travel machine, and it'll, it'll be called the White Hole Project. And the White Hole is going to be built on the same plot of land as the K-25 plant. And no one will know it's a time travel project. They'll all think it's part of the atomic bomb. So the White Hole Project gets built, no pun intended, um, but it gets lost in time because we indeed did win the race to have the first atomic bomb. So in 1974, this group of teenagers from Oak Ridge, Tennessee, this rambunctious group of, you know, uh, teenagers, ragtag teenagers, they, they're out on a weekend adventure and they accidentally discover a tunnel that leads to the White Hole Project. And they then, like any group of 1970s teenagers, they learn how to use it and the adventure begins. They went for a joyride in, in a time machine. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, and, uh, but they, they actually have some uh, altruistic uh, ambitions, uh, surprisingly. And, and so in the first book, Bad Love Strikes, they use the time machine to go back uh, to Poland in November of 1944 and rescue a small group of Holocaust victims. And so um, that, that story has now, transpired. Now, was that a destination for them or someplace they just landed and and ended up doing no data. actually they had been uh, studying the holocaust in high oh, school okay. and um, they uh, they got together and they decided they were going to go back to Poland uh, and uh, to Chelmo which was the you know uh, one of 
Chelmo and Auschwitz were the only two, uh, con uh, uh, um, you know, Holocaust camps that were operational uh, by the time you got to November of 44. And they wanted, the, there was a joyride in here. They wanted to hijack a plane called the Phantom Fortress and use it as their rescue vehicle. So there's a, there's a little bit of them, you know, being kind of crazy teenagers mixed in with wanting to do something good. And um, so they hijacked this B-17. They run a bombing mission with the squadron, and they peel away, and they go to Poland, and they rescue these Holocaust victims. And that's, that's the short version of book one, Bad Love Strikes. But So they're back. They're back from their first mission, and it's New Year's Eve, 1975. So this is Bad Love Tigers, Tom. So they're, they're celebrating New Year's Eve, and... I mean, the book opens with Carly Simon uh, singing You're So Vain <laughs> from 1972, <laughs> and uh, We're an American Band by Grand Funk Railroad. They're celebrating in the Whitehole Project, and they are ambushed by a Russian KGB operative named Borya Krovopuskov. And um, they survive this ambush on New Year's Eve, and they all look at each other, and they say, you know what? We need to go back and talk to President Roosevelt about how this breach in security occurred. And so they take the Whitehall project and they go back and they visit Roosevelt. And Roosevelt um, realizes that in the future, these teenagers have figured out how to use the, the Whitehall project. And he puts them in charge of security for the Whitehall project but he also puts them in charge of security for Area 51 because the secrets of how the Whitehall Project work are locked up at Area 51. And he sends the group on an epic road trip across America in 1945 from, from uh Warm Springs, Georgia, where the little White House was located and where they meet with him, all the way to Area 51. And it's epic. And along the way, they're chased by Russian, uh, Indian, and Chinese spies. And, um, and so uh, they get to Area 51, and they, they are assigned by Roosevelt they have to use the Whitehall Project to go back in time and volunteer for the Flying Tigers in China under General Chenault. And they have to do that because something happened in China that they have, they have to go try to change what happens to protect the secrets, America's secrets at Area 51. And they have to do that by volunteering for the Flying Tigers. And um, I think that's what makes this story so unique. It's like, how do you connect all these dots? You can only connect them by having time travel available to you. Um, but it's, it's the action of the um, adventure across 1945 America and then ending in the forests of southern China as they're volunteering for the uh, Flying Tigers. Well, you know, there's there's a couple of things that, <laughs> that I wanted to bring up and talk about. One is um, the vehicle 
that that they use or or the mechanism um if it's if it's from the from the 40s when it was originally created um it's certainly not a delorean um <laughs> right right it's the white hole project <laughs> are 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 the, are the kids a little disappointed that they're not going back in time in a delorean <laughs> well, it occurs in 1974, 1975 is the modern time frame, so they haven't seen Back to the Future oh, yet. Okay, all right. <laughs> I would think that'd be a little bit of a letdown, but how, but but on a more serious note, um, how do you deal with and address the the time travel paradox that that? is so frustrating to us that love time travel. Well, I'm I'm not sure exactly what you're asking. If you go the... back and rescue people who hadn't been rescued before, right? Don't you create a whole lineage of people that didn't exist before? So, um that is a paradox and um and and so did did what they did in their time travel was that always part of what actually happened during that time frame um i talk about kurt uh godel who came up with this idea as a german physicist that time exists in a series of layers and that each layer um it 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 operates under its own perspective you know independent of the other layers of time and um and, and so if you read the book series you learn all about this stuff but uh, it, it is a paradox and so did it happen the way it happened or did they actually go back and change it and um that's probably one of the paradoxes of time travel that um, we may we may never know the answer to that. Certainly, that early edition uh, thing that you talked about, uh, you know, you would be changing time, um, you know, very much close together. And this is there's 30 years of separation here with the group because they're traveling from the 70s back to the 40s. Yeah, I heard somebody um, say recently that time travel. In fact, I think it was a, a, a physicist or a rocket scientist or something and he said yeah time travel is absolutely possible but you can only go forward and it takes a really long time <laughs> <laughs> well so um you know this is all based on uh, einstein's theory of relativity but um i actually i think i probably have to but i actually believe time travel is possible and um, it's just that we don't have the technology yet to to make it possible. Um, and that's what the book does. I mean, um, I, I will tell you that um, there's something in Area 51 that makes time travel possible. And so you have to hold a wormhole just sucks everything in but um if you're going to make a, a wormhole so that you can go back and forth through it the funnel of the wormhole has to be held open and it has to be stable for time travels 
time travelers to go back and forth. And um, there's something um, that, that in the world of physics that is proposed that would be necessary for that to occur. And uh, I'd be giving away too much of the book if yeah, I Yeah, I, 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 I don't mean to get into any spoiler alerts, Kevin, but, <laughs> but, but I just, I love this subject so much I can't help but dig into some of these things. So we have Bad Love Tigers um, is the fourth book in the series, is that right? Um, Bad Love Tigers is book number two, and Bad oh, Love Beyond is book number three. In Bad Love Beyond, they actually learn how to use the white hole for uh, interstellar travel. Why, why pick uh, Bad Love Tigers for the screenplay? Well, it, it, it was just a natural pick because I, I wrote the screenplay to Bad Love Strikes, and by the way, it's now won 17 international awards. Um, it's just that uh, Bad Love Tigers, Bad Love Tigers is really a great standalone book, um, and it uh, it's such an adventure. I mean, there's so much action with the um, this whole premise of the this group of 1970s uh, teenagers taking an epic road trip across 1945 America from Warm Springs, Georgia, to Area 51 and then on to uh, China to volunteer for the Flying Tigers. I mean, it's just, you know, golly, it's, it's, it's like, um, it is, it's like Raiders of the Lost Ark meets uh, Stand By Me or, or maybe meets Stranger Things. I mean, because these are teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me ask this. In, in a very short time since uh, writing the screenplay and entering it in all of these different festivals it has won over a hundred awards it must be getting a lot of attention have you heard from anybody yet agents or production companies that that are expressing an interest in actually putting this up on the big screen so um or even the small screen in this yeah day so the answer to that is 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 yes. Um, I've I actually am working with some folks in 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 on the West Coast. I'll just say on the West Coast because some of these folks are are uh, uh, in Washington, but in Oregon, but um, in California. I have a executive producer uh, working with me, and we have um, put together. Uh, a financial package, um, a budget, and a um, and a, a financial proposal, and it, all of this. So, so what they call this, they say that we're packaging the screenplay um, so that it can be properly presented to the studios, and that's where we're at right now. And so. Um, but I belong, uh, I belong to Film Freeway and to Inktip. And on Inktip, I, I, do, have, um, I do have a lot of people uh, looking at it. And, um, of course, when you sign up for Inktip, you cannot divulge the name of anybody. You, you know, you sign a non-disclosure, you can't divulge who's looking at it. Um, but I will tell you, that's where we're at. I mean, we're pack it's packaged, and within about the next two weeks or so, 
it'll start get, getting uh, sent out to connections uh, with the studios and and you know just let's all keep our fingers crossed that this makes it to the big screen because this is going to be a lot of fun for the audiences oh i can tell the 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 premise from the very beginning from love strikes is um or bad love strikes is you know just just the whole premise and 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 these guys these characters uh based on you and your youthful cohorts Absolutely. It's just you know, so much we fun. Have, we we have Bubble Bud and Crazy Ike and Goondoggy and Crisco and Cleopatra and Bomar and <laughs> Willie and Bucky and <laughs> goes on and on. So yeah, um, that that's what really what makes makes movies, right, uh, Tom? I mean, it's it's character development. You know, you fall in love with the characters, and um, well, you have uh, to care about them. Yeah, in in one way or another, right? you know, love them. They make you laugh, or you know, something. But but you have to be engaged with the with the characters. Did you set out to write something with this group of characters in mind, or once you came up with a story, did you think, hey, I I know who this would happen. It would happen to us guys. Yeah. I love interviewing with you because you just come up with such good questions because really what happened is I got struck by lightning <laughs> uh, uh, in, in, in you were December. trying to make a, you were trying to make a time machine out of a microwave I, 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 and a toaster. 2018 I saw a World War II buff and I read this story about the Phantom Fortress so it was a B-17 bomber that landed in Kortenburg, Belgium in November of 44 sat in the airfield, um, made a perfect landing, sat in the field with all its engines running. No one got off the plane, and the British air crews thought the Germans were using it as a Trojan horse. Sat there for 20 minutes, and finally they oh, sent God. this guy named John Crisp out to the plane, and I guess John probably drew the, the short straw. And he goes <laughs> out there and gets on board, and there, there's parachutes lined up against the fuselage, candy wrappers open, not a soul on board. This is a true story, Tom. Wow. And, um, and so that Phantom Fortress, it's in the history books. All you listeners out there, Google the Phantom Fortress. And I read that story because I get these magazines. I get these World War II magazines. I'm kind of a World War II history freak. And so they, um, they, you know, they sent an investigative crew out and all this stuff. Well, my brain, I'm like, well, there could have been time travelers on that plane that landed that thing safely. And they got zapped back to the future before John Crisp gets to the plane. And then my brain says, well, that could have been the kids that you grew up with. <laughs> 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 and, and honestly, that's how this whole book series and this hopefully this whole movie series literally started was with that spark. Well, Kevin, I can't believe the time has gone so fast and we just have a minute left. And I want to make sure that uh, you get a chance to share your website with listeners so they can find out more about you and your work past, present and future. Yeah, so it's www.kevin, K-E-V-I-N, Shuey, S-C-H-E-W-E.com. So kevinshuey.com. And, you you know, if you want to buy the, if the listeners want to read the book series, 
uh, you can there's a buy tab there it'll take you to Barnes and Noble or to Amazon and the books are available all four uh, of the Bad Love book series are available on hardcover, paperback, uh, Nook, Kindle, um, and even on uh, Amazon Audible. Well, and, Kevin, uh, thank you so much, and, and keep up the good work. Make sure and keep me in the loop for further adventures of uh, the Bad Love uh, gang and uh, all of their exploits. Well, you're sure welcome, Tom, and Follow me on follow me uh, hey, at Real Kevin Chewing. All right, take care. Comic. All right, bye bye. Guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 15th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg. Flint Community School. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Long Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan, Flipflip Technology, My Community College, it's Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon, they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work, and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger, and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, Visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom Dana. Dana? Something must be wrong. She never calls. Dana? What's wrong? 
Take this down. She's stranded on the side of the road. I'm not. She needs us to send her an Amazon gift card. I don't. And she'll use it to pay the tow truck driver. I won't. Mom, Dad, that's not me. It's a scam. Scam artists will call, text, or email people trying to get them to buy a gift card from Amazon or some other company. And then ask for the gift card number over the phone. Remember, gift cards are for gifting, not for paying people. If someone asks for payment using a gift card from Amazon, Target, or some other store, it's a scam. Hang up or delete the message. These scammers are awful. Wish they'd pretend to be her brother sometimes. Be nice to hear from him. For more tips on avoiding scams, visit michigan.gov ag for your connection to consumer protection. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your Hollywood reporter, Don Hinckley, at the premiere of what is probably the most talked about motion picture of all time, the story of the great love between the handsome Roman general and the Egyptian queen. We're hoping to interview the beautiful star of this epic. And, oh, I, I, I think we're in luck. Yes, yes, we are in luck. Here comes that great beauty now. Excuse me, would you like to say hello to your millions of fans? My name, Jose Jimenez. <laughs> hello to your millions of fans. Of course, uh, everyone here knows the name of your picture, but I'm sure you'd like to mention it again. The name of my picture is Digit Goes Egyptian. <laughs> I always thought the uh, title of the picture was Cleopatra. Oh, no, no, no. Cleopatra is the name of our coming attraction. <laughs> coming attraction? That's right. Well, that picture cost $40 million. That's nothing. I was cost $100,000. Well, that's not so much. For a ticket? <laughs> Do you mean that you're charging $100,000 for one ticket? Why, I couldn't afford to see that picture. Would you like a free pass? (laughs) Yes, I would. That'll be (laughs) $10,000. How much did the picture actually cost to make? Including lunches. Why why should lunches be so expensive? Do you know what it costs to smuggle corned beef into Egypt? Costumes uh, must have cost you a fortune. Oh, costumes, my goodness. They... Costumes alone cost $50 million. I imagine uh, Cleopatra's costume was the most expensive. No, there we save money. <laughs> Eight yards of saran wrap and some beads was all, all didn't, we needed for that. Didn't they uh, try to save money at all? Yes, we tried to save money at all. For example, one time we had this thing, you know, that was going on in a beautiful alabaster hall. And we had 30,000 dancing girls running around. And we had 20,000 musician people playing golden harps. And we had 40,000 slave girls pouring wine. Well, how did that save money? We used paper cups. (laughs) Uh... 
That must have been the famous orgy scene? No, that was the famous coffee break. That's fantastic. Yeah, we swung on a set there. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I gotta tell you one thing, that the picture has a surprised ending, so nobody will be seated during the last five hours. <laughs> Well, it's obviously a very long movie, but uh, yes. do you plan to have intermissions? Yes, one intermission. Wednesday. <laughs> you guys can take Wednesday off. You mean the show lasts a whole week? Yes, if you see the cartoon. Cartoon? Yes, Ben-Hur. Mouse plays Ben and Minnie plays her. Exactly how long have you been uh, working on this picture? Well, quite a while, because we had a delay one time. We had to lay off on account of the noise. What noise? World War II. <laughs> we had those tiger tanks going there. We were straight. It was really terrible, and it was these guys with the pointed helmets. Jose. <laughs> Maybe it was World War I. <laughs> Sir, let's talk about your co-star's salary. I understand it's an astronomical figure. She certainly has. <laughs> I, you I, noticed that. Yeah, huh? I'm talking about I'm her salary. I'm glad to see her Oh, your, her salary. Yes. Yes, yes. Well, you talk about what you want to talk about, and I'll talk about what I want. I understand that she makes $8,000 a day. Now, that's more than most people isn't make in a year. Isn't that something? $8,000 a day. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Sure. But is she really happy? Boy, is she happy. <laughs> You never heard such giggling in your life. It comes from that girl on payday, and you can hear it all the way across the street. But, Jose, yes. money doesn't buy happiness. No, but for $8,000 a day, you could rent it. Now that you've mentioned your beautiful co-star, I wonder if you'd answer the question the whole world is asking. I would be delighted to, as long as they don't ask it at once. Let them ask you one at a time. Let's start with India, if you right. like. There's a lot of people over there. The question is... Yes? Are you going to marry your co-star? I would have to say it this time, and you can quote me on this, and I don't care if you quote me word for word and even better. <laughs> I will marry the woman I love. You will? I always do. <laughs> I don't know what I could tell you about how much I love her. I would climb the top of the highest mountain. I would crawl on my little belly across all of the desert and the hot desert, and I would go across the most ragging rivers for her. When will you see her next? Tonight, if it doesn't rain. <laughs> Listen, you know, I got my good toga on. I don't want to spoil it. Jose, what would you say was your biggest problem in the picture? I would say my biggest problem in the picture was the asp. The uh, asp? Yes. You mean the snake? Yes, the snake asp, yes. <laughs> you see, that is snake. How to come around and hug Cleopatra real tight and coil around her and come up and bite her right on the neck, you see? And it was my job to teach that asp how to do that. So, so, so what's wrong with that? He got it right the first time.
I told him, nobody likes a smart ass. <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Spreading like a plague And POTUS and his lackeys Have been nothing if not vague Well then you've got to trust the CDC And listen well Unless you want to bid our free society Farewell There is a Super bad transmittable Contagious awful virus And if we don't act quick And social distance It will mire us In a stretch of quarantine That lasts until July A super bad transmittable Contagious awful and if you got a better cough in your arm, and if you got a better... <coughs> now, back in 1918, influenza had its run. But half the docs were busy overseas with World War I. Today we have mass media and scientists to say, if you don't want this virus, well then stay six feet away. Super damn important that we practice isolation, because we're asymptomatic while it's an incubation. We'll overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation. It's super damn important that we practice isolation. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart. Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start. If you get bored, just think of the immunocompromised. Who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized. Oh, super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. If we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us. In a stretch of quarantine, the last until July. A super bad, transmittable, Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. From the Tom Sumner Show. Well, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. In fact, it uh, wraps it up for the week. But I will be back Monday with uh, another edition of the Tom Sumner program. I hope you've, uh, I hope you'll be with me then too. But I especially hope you've enjoyed the uh, guests on the show today, starting this last hour with Kevin Shuey, um, the author of the uh, Bad Love series, the Bad Love Gang series, Bad Love Tigers. The second book in the series, um, he has made into a screenplay, and uh, since completing it a few months ago, um, he has just had a uh, um, ton of awards for it, including the London Classic Film Festival, Cannes, and others. Well over a hundred awards for this thing. I'd say it's a pretty safe bet we're going to be seeing that one as a movie in the near future. Also want to thank uh, former Flint Mayor Karen Weaver, who is on the ballot next Tuesday to run again uh, for the seat that she lost to Sheldon Neely last time around. Um, and we started out this morning with uh, sports writer and author Eric Zweig talking about the numbers in football. Hey, have a great weekend. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. 
We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.